I probably didn't have it on. How about now? We good? Yeah. Yeah. I want y'all, I'm going to ask you a question because I just noticed this this morning during our worship service um, that you had a definite theme for your worship this morning. What I mean by this is, okay, so we opened up the worship service about entering into God's house with joy, right? I mean, I want to tell you something, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Every single one of you, as you walked in this morning, you, you have the choice. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit this morning in the sermon. You have the choice in your own life whether you will let the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ overwhelm you. Right? I'm serious. Now, um, there are a lot of things that can overwhelm us, you know, and take us over. You know, like me looking at my news every five minutes on my phone this week, wondering who our next president's going to be. You know, like that kind of consume you, take you over. Right? Well, we make the choice as to what... The Bible tells us that we were... If, do you not know that if you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into His death and raised again to walk a new life? So the Bible tells me that I'm consumed when I'm baptized into Christ. I'm consumed, covered up in, filled up with Jesus, right? My wife was at a grocery store not too long ago. Sometimes she does the grocery shopping when I'm not, right? And she was at the grocery store and she, and she was out in the parking lot. And the lady walked up to her and she goes... Can I ask you a question, ma'am? And she said, sure you can. She goes, are you my sister in Christ? And she said, Pam said, yeah, I sure am. She says, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. You just have Jesus all over you, in you, and everywhere. Right? You know why? Because we, we can choose to walk in the joy of Christ. So we walked into this place with the joy of Jesus, right? And we were singing about it, right? And then we, we go into this Tim Timmons song and where he says, I'm going to trust in you with every heartbeat as long as I'm alive. Now, those of you that, if you don't know the story behind that song, then you won't fully understand the song. Uh, about 10 years ago, uh, where Pam learned that song and found that song, we went to a Tim Timmons concert. He was up there with an acoustic guitar and a kick drum, and that's all he had, no band behind him. And his concert was like one continuous song. It was several songs, but each song led into another song to another song. It was one of the coolest concerts I've been to in my life. Well, he opened up with this song that she sang. And every now and then as he was singing, he would go back into that song. And he would sing a little more and he'd go back into that song. Well, he gave us the testimony as he was singing this song. Like one time he stopped right in the middle and he said, I want to tell you what this song's about. He said, this song's about my cancer. And he said, three years ago, this was about 10 years ago when he said these words. He says, about three years ago, the doctor, and he's a young guy. I mean, uh, I say young. He's right around my age. I still think I'm young, you know. Um, and he's got some kids. He's probably a little younger than me. He's got some children. And he said, he said I, walked in, I walked out of the doctor's office with a doctor telling me that I only had a couple, just a few months to live. And I had some choices to make and I had to finalize some things. Well, he said right there I began to pray. And I decided that no one really decided 
when, my, when I leave for heaven and when I don't, only one person, and that's God. And so he wrote down this song, and listen to the words. I won't pretend to know the reason for my suffering, right? He, I mean, if Pam was here, she could tell you the whole thing. But he says, I will trust in you with every heartbeat as long as I'm alive. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You walked in here this morning, and there's one who has power over life and death, and that's God. And he's the one that makes the decision as to whether you go or whether you stay, right? And so there, were, there is no one in here that's excluded from this, these words. We trust in God for every single heartbeat that we're given. I'm always preaching this to you. The breath you're taking right now, the reason you're taking it is because Jesus is giving it to you. I'm telling you right now. So we walked in here, we, we expressed joy, and we realized that it's God who has the power over life and death. Right? And then we go on and we sing about this, giving it all to him. Right? I mean, I could literally just not even preach a sermon this morning. Y'all got one, right? <laughs> giving it all to Jesus every bit. How many of you came in here? Oh, my gosh, this has been some kind of week, isn't it? You can choose to have joy. You can choose to realize and trust God for every heartbeat you have, right? And you can give all of your cares right now to Jesus. In the book of James, he says, Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Right? And then we go into this. Here I am to worship. Amen? You know, in the book of Job, it says that uh, a tornado came. And killed all his family. And he and his wife were the only ones left. And you know what Job's response was? It says that Job put on sackcloth and ashes, shaved his head, and bowed down and worshipped. That's what he did in response to the tragedy he just experienced. What I'm telling you is, you came in here this morning and you have choices that you can make. How your attitude going into the future in the next three minutes is going to be, whether you're going to be worshipful, joyful, trusting, and giving everything to God or not. You know, I had an old pastor, uh, my mentor, his name was W.L. Walker. He was, he, he was not a perfect man. He was quite the preacher. And he... He told me one time, and I'll never forget what he told me. He, he said he has lot, you know, he's one of the men that had lots of sayings, you know, that if you sat down and you heard them all, you could write a book on them. There's a few people I know like that. Uh, Big George Davis is one of them. I'm going to go record all his memoirs, and I'm going to write a book and make a million dollars. I told him that the other day at the table. But here, he, he was one of those, and he told me this one time. He says, Wade, he says, as a pastor... Because he was training me. He was getting me ready to do this. He says, you're going to make tons of mistakes. He said, just get ready. He says, you're going to mess up a whole lot. He said, but this is what you do. I love this about him. He says, you love people and you love God with all your heart. He said, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. Ain't that right? Amen. <laughs> right? 
So he said, the people, he said, if you'll just love people, they'll look over all your faults. If you'll just love them. I remember that. And another thing he used to say when he was like I was a while ago, man, I was all charged up. I was worshiping, you know. I'm telling you something. I don't raise my hands easy. So when you see me raise my hands, I'm in it, man. I'm worshiping God, right? And so I was there, and I was thinking about what Pastor Walker used to say. He'd get up to preach and go, hey. He'd say this, did y'all feel that? He says, he says, Jesus just walked right by here just like that. That's kind of what I felt like. It was more like Jesus just walked by, right? He was here. Eh? Just a right, really great time in the Lord this morning we've had. Uh, but you, you make those choices this morning. You make them. No one else. You make them. You can make them to trust God right now. You can make them to worship. You can make them to have joy, right? You can make them to give it all to Christ. Let him have it. You make those choices as we look into the book of, uh, well, let's read this psalm. I got us a psalm to read right up the front there. It says this. Uh, I'll wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming what does he proclaim? Let's say, what does he proclaim? Aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. So he's talking about how he's going to proclaim God with thanksgiving. We got to be thankful, church. Man, we have, I'm going to tell you something. I don't, there, this is just the flat truth, man. We have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to have joy for. And so the Bible tells us right here, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to be thankful. And I'm going to tell of your wondrous deeds. So let's look at the, the passage we're going to read this morning. kind of ties into that. Second Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 15, I believe. It says these words. Let me put this down. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Everybody say, don't lose heart. Man, look at the person next to you and tell them this and mean it. Say, don't lose heart. Tell them, trust Jesus. Don't lose heart. Trust Jesus. Tell them, tell them, tell them. All right, because that's it. We, we don't lose heart. Says, um, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even, in our even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded their minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. We ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness... It has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed." Always carrying, a, carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may, be, may also be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh, so that the death 
is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you in his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Okay, so we're going to go back. We're just going to look at a few things. I told you you have so much to be thankful for this morning. This is the first thing I want to tell you. you have. This is so important that you have thankful. This next slide says this. I'm thankful for the truth. Do you, man, I'm going to tell you something. You know, really, it doesn't matter. I want, to, I want to tell you, listen to me. It really doesn't matter who lies to you, right? Or what lies they're spreading. It really doesn't matter because you know what? The... We always have the truth. Uh, the Bible tells us that the devil is the father of all lies. He was the first one that lied in the world. Did y'all know that? He went to Eve and he says, you won't die. He lied. Everybody say lied. lied. Say the devil lied. lied. And he's still lying. Still right? Right. Um, we know that, but we can be thankful to God and praise God that we have the truth. Amen? No one, listen to me, not one person can take the truth away from you. Did you know that? You have it. Nobody can take it away from you. So let's, let's look at this. Look at what he says here. Therefore, having this ministry, what does that say right there? Read it, church. By the mercy of God. We do not lose heart. Now, he's, he's referring to his ministry here. He's referring to how, um, man, there's a lot that comes against him. There's a lot that comes against the truth. But he has this ministry. You know that you walked in here. I tell you this all the time. You walked in here by the mercy of God. Right? I mean, gosh, did you know that's something else to be thankful for? That you walked in here just covered up in, overflowing with. God's mercy on your life. You wouldn't be here had not been for God's mercy on your life. So it says this, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. Look at this. Now, now this is really good. What, is, what does the church do? What, is, what does a true minister of the gospel do? What should we do? Look, look at what it says here. What does he say? We what? We refuse to practice cunning. We don't have to trick people into believing about Jesus. Did you know that? We don't have to have sales schemes and all this stuff, you know, like buy one, get two free. We don't have to do anything to lure people into the gospel. Simply speaking the truth. You know, we don't, we don't have to do all that. So we don't have to practice cunning, it says, or to tamper with God's word. You know, God's word is good. It don't matter how hard it is. Do you realize that God's word comes hard sometimes? It does. But it's still good. It's still good. You know, um... I'm not real big on quoting movies, but there's this, there's, my kids like to watch uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Y'all know that movie? You know, good, you know, Aslan, who claps? Somebody clap back there. Yeah. Pa pa Hannah likes, or Tabby likes to read the books. Hannah likes to read the books. All my kids are avid readers, right? Um, anyways, uh, Aslan, the lion, he, he is a representative of God in that, in that movie or that book. And um, what, I can't remember the scene but um, 
The kid's walking along with, I think, the beaver. You know the beaver that's ta- the talking beaver? Yeah. Yeah. And he says he's not, he's, he's not safe. safe. Right? He says, because the kids want to know if Aslan is safe. He's going to meet Aslan. He says, is he safe? He says, no, he's not safe, but he's good. You understand that? That's what, that, our God, is, man, he's a tremendous, awesome, powerful, aw- I mean, he, if you were to stand before God right now, you'd be awestruck because he's so, he's just God, right? I mean, and, and listen, he's not safe. He's not a safe God, but he's a, he's a good God. Right? And so we can understand that, that, that we, listen, everything about our God is not a comfortable place to be, but it's a good place to be. Understanding we don't have to disguise His Word, but His Word is good to change us, to make us different, to make us bold and strong and righteous before Him. So we don't have to tamper with His Word. We just accept His Word for what it is, the truth, and it says, but we... But listen, let's read it. But by what? The open statement of the truth. Let's read it, church. Ready? By the open statement of the truth. One more time because I, I don't hear everybody and I want to be sure everybody gets this because listen, some people don't like the truth. But Jesus said, we're going to read it in a minute, the truth will set you free. So let's read it. By what? The open statement of the truth. We would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. See, he's saying that by, by speaking the truth, by living the truth, what we do there is we're a witness. And it's laid out there for people to make the decision. I'm going to live in joy and trust in Jesus. That's the truth. Now, you're a witness and what's, how's every gonna, everyone going to respond to that? What he's saying is this. You don't have to disguise that. You don't have to put some pretty bow on it. You don't have to advertise, buy one, get two free. You simply have to live out, proclaim, and not apologize for the truth. Leave it out there for everybody else's conscience to decide what they're going to do. You know what you're going to do, right? That's what he's saying there. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So what he's saying here is we live out the truth. And you know what? There are people that are just going to be blind to it. But we continue to live it out continue to live it out until they get it. Right? Um, So let's look at this. Do not lose heart. Here's the first one. Refuse to practice cunning. The truth is enough. Right? Jesus said to these words. Y'all can take that note if you want to. I think it's a good note. Refuse to practice cunning. You don't have to sell it. Just live it. Speak it, breathe it. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, everybody say abide in the word. You know what that means? To live in it. Right? Live in my word. You are my disciples. You're my followers if you abide in my word. And you will, this is the thing, abiding in the word, something happens to you. You begin to what? You begin to know the truth. And this is what he says about the truth. Man, I'm telling you something, church. Listen to me. When you are knowing the truth, Oh, when he says these words, look, let's read it. You will know the truth and what? The truth will set you free. When you understand, when you come to this understanding that the truth of God sets us free, man, that becomes every, I mean, it becomes everything to you. Not just a part, not just a little, but everything to you. And somehow, some way, when the truth of God begins to set a person free, everything else around them tends to fade off into the distance. 
Jesus prayed for his disciples, and he said these words. Father, John 17, by the way, I do not pray that you take them or remove them from this world, but you, that you leave them in the world. And I thought about that. I thought about that a lot. You know, you see, that's what we do. We are in the world and not of the world. Right? Jesus didn't want it. If he'd, if he, listen, if Jesus wanted to take you out of this world right now, when you got saved, he just took you straight to heaven. That would have been good for us and easy for us. But listen, who would know the truth and who would hear it? But if we're living in the world, not of the world, what we're doing is we're living in the truth, and the truth has set us free. And we learn how to do this. Listen to me. We learn how to do this. We learn how to live comfortable in a world of a constant state of discomfort. You learn how to live comfortably in a world depending on the truth even though the world is uncomfortable. There's a song, I love it. This world is not my home, I'm just passing through. Y'all know that song? <laughs> if heaven were not my home, then Lord, what would I do? The angels beckon me to heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Y'all know that song? Right? Okay. I don't feel necessarily at home here. Next week I'll do my Willie Nelson version. <laughs> my sister's my sister's over. No, don't. You want me to do it right now? No, no. The truth sets us free. Okay, here's next. Look. Receiving the truth is a miracle. Man, you know, we're always looking for a miracle, right? Man, God, give us a miracle. Just give us a sign, Lord, right? I know some of y'all were praying for a sign all week. Right? Where's our sign? <laughs> I got one in my front yard, too. I'm going to go get some more of them and stick up there as well. The sign in your front yard. The problem is where I live, the only one that sees my sign is my postman. Not too much. Okay, so understand that if you've received the truth, God has performed a miraculous thing in your life. Already. You don't have to go looking for any more miracles. I mean, there's lots of them out there. But look at this. In, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, In their case, the, the, let's read that, the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. He's talking about the devil there. And they've been blinded from the truth. The Bible tells the person who saved us, you were once dead in your trespasses, but now you're alive in Christ. Right? You know why you're alive? Because the truth, God woke you up, raised you from the dead, and gave you the truth. Uh, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Look at this, though. What did God say when he spoke light into darkness? What did, you remember what he said? He said, let there be light, right? What a miracle that was at the day of creation, right? When God created the world, and all of a sudden he says, let there be light. And the Bible says it like this, and there was light. We want to complicate everything all the time, don't we? 
Right? Do you know when, like when, when, uh, when I tell you, and we're going to get to this a little further in the sermon, but when I tell you, you know, when uh, salvation is really simple, we just receive Jesus, believe, and we're saved. Like, and, and so many of us want to look at that and go, oh, well, that's just way too simple. What about God creating the sun with his words? Is that not simple? Or, I mean, can we believe that? I mean, if he says, let there be light, and there was light, just as simply as that light came flying out of the mouth of God when he said, let there be light, that's pretty dang awesome if you ask me. Right? Is that a miracle? Would you say that's a miracle? Anybody disagree that that's a miracle? So when God said this to your heart, for God who said, let light shine in the darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Was that a miracle as well? That God, we were once dead in your trespasses and God spoke light right inside of you and said, let there be light. And you were raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't lose heart. Look at this. Uh, I like this one. The truth doesn't promote blank. Fill it in. It proclaims Christ. Um, what? Let's read that. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, For what? For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ. Let's say it again. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, we ourselves as your servants for Jesus Christ. So what I'm telling you is this is something the truth has to do to every single one of us. We've got to come to the place of who and what we're promoting in the truth. The truth doesn't promote Chisholm Trail Church. It proclaims Christ. The truth doesn't promote Wade L. Yarrow. It promotes Jesus Christ. The truth doesn't even promote Donald J. Trump. It promotes Jesus Christ. What I'm telling you is have joy in what the truth does because here's the next thing that comes when the truth is promoted. Lives are changed. All kinds of things can be changed when the truth is promoted. When we are living in the truth, something happens to us. There's this peace that overcomes us, and we realize what the truth is. Right? Um, it's been hard to have peace this week. And I don't know where you fall in all of this. I know where I fall. Y'all know where I fall. I preached it for like a month. But I lean on the truth, and I trust in the truth of God. And when I trust in the truth of God, I have joy, no matter what happens around me. The Bible says that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus if we come to him with thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 4. Don't lose heart. Everybody say, don't lose heart. No. Say, trust Jesus. Yes. Amen. Be thankful for life. Here's the thing, right? So we're thankful for the truth. I've got five minutes to do two more points. <laughs> Woo, y'all get ready for some fast preaching. Here we go. Be thankful for life. 
Look at what it says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the, what does this say? Read it, church. Surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Where have you been placing your, let me see, let me, let me word this the right way. In whose power have you been putting your trust? In who are you giving the, your heart, who, in your heart, who are you giving authority to and trusting? The Apostle Paul, who wrote more than half of the New Testament, planted hundreds of churches throughout Asia Minor, was saved by the grace of God on the road to Damascus. One of the most incredible men that we read about in the scripture said these words. The surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. You know who's powerful, right? Who holds all power? The scripture describes God like this, that he is what we call omnipotent. All powerful. No one, no thing is above the power of God. Can you have joy in that? Especially since we're on his side. Amen. Um, always caring about in the body and the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest to our, in our bodies for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. In other words, we're, what are you saying there is in our ministry, we're dying to ourselves and we're living in Christ because he holds all power. He goes, let's read it. So the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal bodies. When that lady ran over to Pam and said, said are you my sister in Christ? She said, yes. She goes, I just see Jesus all over you in you and everywhere. What's he saying there? The life of the Lord Jesus is living out in your mortal flesh. I'm going to tell you something, church. When we, have, when we learn to have joy in the power of the life that God has given us, man, that's going to, you cannot hide that. It's impossible to hide that. Amen. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Life belongs to God. My, my frailty, here's the one. Here's the, here's the, you know, because some of you walked in here, and I feel pretty weak. You know what your frailty does for you? It reveals God's power in you. God told Paul, when you are weak, I'm strong. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know who the jar of clay is? That's you and I. Just temporary dirt. 
Y'all want to call the person next to you dirt? Go ahead. Say you're dirt. <laughs> Don't call him a dirty dog. Uh, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Let, read that right there. To what? Let me hear you. To what? Come on, I need you. I've got to make a point here, so I need you to read it loud. We have this treasure in jars of clay to what? To show that there's a passing what? Power belongs to God and not to us. Okay, so that's what it is, right? We show that the power belongs to God and not to us. We're out there living that out, church. Right? Aren't we? That's what we're to do. We're not, we're not out there to show how powerful we are. We're not that, out there promoting Chisholm Trail Church, although that's great, you know. But we're promoting the power that God gives us in the life of Christ. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 4, 16. This is one of my most favorite verses in all of Scripture because every day I look in the mirror, I'm reminded of this. So we, are, we do not lose heart. Say, don't lose heart. Though our what? Our outer self is wasting away. Boy, how many of y'all can testify to that? Amen, right? Um, but our what? Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Because the power of God's living in us. I may be, I may be getting older on the outside, but I'm getting younger on the inside. Praise Jesus, right? <laughs> I'm alive through Christ. Thank God for life. Life belongs to God. Always caring about the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies really quickly. What does he say in John 5, 24? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, ready? Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. What? Ready? He... He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. What? You know, it's that simple phrase. Let there be light. And there was light. Wait, Pastor Wade, what are you talking about? Do I know? You mean I don't, I don't have to go to church every Sunday and I can go to the deer stand like Jackie Davenport and I'll be okay and still be saved the next week? Right? Yes, I'm telling you, yes. The Bible simply says this. God, church, don't miss it, man. Life belongs to God. He wants to give it to you. What it says there, it says, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Amen. My gosh, what more do you have to be joyful over? You're always preaching to people and just get saved, do whatever they want. No, I'm not. I'm just preaching they get saved simply by believing in Jesus. What's wrong with that? That's what the Bible says. Ooh. <laughs> He's passed from death to life. Life belongs to God. Uh, thankful for the gospel. Really quickly, I know it's a, we're like, y'all give me three more minutes, I'll finish this up. Maybe five. Look what it says. Since, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what? Has been written. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is so good. You know what? You know what he says? He's quoting a psalm here. He's quoting a psalm where God has promised the psalmist that he's going to go to heaven. 
King David is writing this psalm. He said, God's promised me I'm going to heaven. I believe God. Jesus said what? He said, he said if you just believe, I'm going to save you. The psalmist believed, and God said, I'm gonna, you're going to live forever in heaven. Look what it says. In the, and so he says, as it is written, he's talking about the psalm. He says, ready, church, read it. I believe, and so I spoke. He spoke what he believed. Boy, am I breaking this down simple for you or what? All right? I believe Jesus saved me. I spoke that Jesus saved me. I can tell my friends that Jesus saved me. I can live in this incredible truth, in the power of the life that Christ has given me. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I can live in the joy that God has given me and simply speak. Boy, there's something about speaking, y'all. There's something about it. There's something about when you say, man, if you believe in Jesus, you'll be saved. There's something about that. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. You see, we understand. We believe and we speak. Look what he says. Go on and say this. Uh, we, we, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with him into his presence. For it is all for your sake. Let's read it. Please, let's read it because this is, I, I really don't want you to miss this last part about the reason to have great joy. Look what it says. So that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Um, do you realize that as grace extends to more and more people, we're doing this. We're going, uh, we're going to take this person right here, this person who was in hell, and we're going to move them up here, and we're going to put them in heaven. And then we're going to take, can I have your, and we're going to take this person, and we're going to move them here, and we're transferring people from death to life. As we speak, people are passing from death to life. As we speak, we're decreasing the population of hell and increasing the population of heaven. And as we increase the population of heaven, we see this words that as, as grace extends to more and more people, thanksgiving to God increases. You know what? I want to be in heaven and I want to be praising God with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And I hope that some of those people that I won to Jesus. Because I believe and therefore I speak. There's been a lot of talk around the dinner table this week. How much have you talked, and I'm guilty of this myself, how much have you talked about the life, the powerful, incredible life of Christ in your family? Do you believe and speak? Encourage one another. Believe and speak the power of God. It's greater than anything else you could talk about and the, most, and the greatest subject you can have in your home. In Proverbs 18, 21, listen to what it says. This is so important, y'all. Don't miss it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. What he's saying there is what you speak, what you concentrate on. If you, if you, if you speak in what you believe, there's power in that. 
life. There's power in that. But you know what? He also says that there's power in it if you're speaking death. I, I just want to tell you all, man, I'm so over the worry and I'm so over the devil stealing my joy over things I have no control over. But I, I want so badly to trust in the one who has power over it all. This morning, I'm going to have our band come up and we're going to sing. They're going to sing. I'm going to sing, but I'm going to sing without a microphone. But I want to take a minute to invite you to something. As I call your attention to life, I want to ask a simple question as they're getting ready to play. And I need everybody to please listen. Please listen to me. From the, I just want your attention for just a few seconds. This is so important that you hear. So important that you're listening to what I say right now. I have a question for you. And I need you to answer that question in your own heart. And that's this. Today, we know that Christ has power over life and death. Today, if you were to leave this world, if, if the Lord were to take your life right now, listen to me, and you were to leave, would you be certain of your eternal destination? I'm going to speak a truth to you right now, and I told you the truth will set you free. This is the truth. There's two destinations when we leave this earth. Now, I'm not God, and I don't pretend to know everything about it. I only know what Scripture tells me. There's one destination when we leave here. It's eternal hell. Eternal suffering, from what I read in the Scripture. I'll be honest. It scares me. Not that I'm scared I'm going there, but I'm scared for other people, and I don't fully understand all of it, but I just know what the Bible says. But there, there's another destination for your eternity, and it's heaven. Eternity with God forever and ever and ever. Because He holds power in life. He holds eternal life. Now, I told you simply this. He says this, if you believe me, and trust me, I will give you eternal life. How does Jesus do that? Well, this is how he did it. He died on the cross for your sin. He paid your debt that you owed for eternity. Amen. He paid it on the cross. Amen. He died for you. Then when you hear all those words about Jesus dying on the cross for your sin, well, the Bible says this wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Jesus paid your debt for sin that you had, that you owed, but he paid it on the cross. So, you have to come and place your trust in the power that Christ has to have sacrificed his life on your behalf. But how do I come to eternal life? Well, we have to believe this other part, because if Jesus had not risen from the grave, 
there would be no salvation. But the Bible says that he rose again on the third day and overcame sin and death. The sin that he paid for for you, the death that he paid that debt. See, where you, where you and I differ from him is this. If I were to decide not to trust Jesus and die for my sin, I have no power at all of life and death. And so I suffer the consequences because I cannot overcome death and sin. But if I place my faith in Jesus that died for my sin in accordance with the Scripture, was raised again in, uh, in accordance with the Scripture from the grave, then I believe that Jesus has not only the power and authority over sin to die for my sin, but He has the power and the authority over life and death to give me eternal life if I trust Him. Amen. And so the Bible says these words, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. This is straight from Scripture. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, He's Lord over all. He's power over all. He has power over sin, death. He has power over everything. If we confess, He has power over me. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, that God raised him from the dead. We will be saved. Hallelujah. Eternal life. Yeah. I'm not here to complicate things for you. I'm here to tell you if you believe in Jesus and what he did for you, he will save you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to pray and ask Christ to save your soul this morning, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you simply just pray with me and Christ will save your soul right now. You just repeat after me. Trust Him. Your words to God's ears. Simply pray this. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. Now, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. All of my sin. All of my sin. My sin in the past. My sin in the past. My sin right now. My sin right now. And even the sin I'll commit later. And the sin I'll commit later. I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe you rose again on the third day. And you have the power over life and death. You have the power over life and death. I believe you can give me eternal life. I believe you can give me eternal life. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my life. Be my king. Be my king. And save my soul. Save my soul. And it's in your mighty name. It's in your mighty name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I proclaim. I proclaim. I'm saved. I'm saved. Lord God, I want to thank you for those that prayed for the first time. I ask that you would bless them uh, as we leave this place today. May they take this advantage of this opportunity to continue to follow and trust you. Help us as a church to reach out to them, to show them... Um, Lord, how good a God you are by our lives and what we declare. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. One more thing. If you prayed that with me, Danny, would you hold up one of the cards in the back right here? If you prayed that with me, would you please do this? Would you put your name and phone number on one of those cards and drop it in that box? Or there's one out by the door so I can call you and talk to them about the decision you made for Jesus. Let's stand up and praise the Lord this morning. Thank you all so much.